This week on Deep Night. Gloomier than usual. And even like the weather is like. Oh no. The, Mother the... Nature is like, you guys need some, some clouds. Yes. <laughs> it is a gloomy day indeed here in New York. Oh, friends. Hello. Welcome to Deep Night. I'm your host, Dale Seaver, and let me be your companion, your guide, and now more than ever, your ally through this hour of regrets and revelations. Uh, Talk about your regrets and revelations. Might be longer than an hour, folks. My goodness, we live in a new era, don't we? When I started this program and uh, thinking about what was going on in the middle of the night and what could be or what couldn't be, I had no idea that it, it, literally in the middle of the, of, of, of the evening there would be a seismic shift in our democracy, an election result that would so profoundly threaten the very core of our republic. That's how it feels. That's how it feels to me. And, and there, there it is. There it was. Here we are. I find myself uh, really at a true loss uh, for words and for what what to do next. I was at an event on election night, a party, so-called, at the intersection of two nearby streets, Clinton and President. People taking photos of the two street signs uh, uh, with, with great enthusiasm and posting it all over. You get there by walking up to Clinton and Kane and then taking a right. Well, that's how it is. And uh, there we gathered with young ones, old ones, some a little too old, frankly, uh, around a, 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 a giant screen that was set up, very DIY and improvised technological situation, cords strung from neighboring windows, and we watched as the states turned red or blue or, 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 or didn't turn, and, and instead were just a kind of sickly bright yellow, and, and that's how they remained for hours. I turned to Galinda, who was dressed in ceremonial prayer cloaks. We need to have a conversation about cultural appropriation at some point. Uh, she and I, and I said, this is taking too long. And it was, and it did, and then I don't know. Like many of you, I could not sleep all evening, vibrating once again at an unhealthy frequency, my heart racing, unable to fully comprehend what had happened. I rose at 3.20 a.m., 40 minutes earlier than usual, and as the Gowanus let out a great heaving sigh of toxic gas, I checked through Facebook scrolls and media feeds to read the words I thought impossible, that this man had been elected to the highest office in the land. Now, I try not to mention his name. That's just been my my philosophy all, all along, and uh, I'm sticking to it. Uh, <laughs> not that I want to simply ignore what's going on. There's great need for action. There's a great need for resistance for this um, and it's been my thought all along. The reason why I don't say his name and, and try to avoid it is um, uh, uh, because my thought all along has just been that he's a flame, a needy, self-absorbed flame that requires the oxygen of our attention to, to, to live. So I never wanted to give that to him. I kept my post to a minimum. I tried never to have images of him in my various feeds because I don't like looking at the person. Sometimes a bad-looking cake or a dumb photo caught my eye, and I felt the urge to repost, and I did. But I generally uh, think 
and have thought that the more attention was paid throughout his life, the worse things got, the more the fire grew, and now it's consumed our very nation, and it continues, as must our work to improve things. We recovered after Jack, Bobby, and Martin, and Malcolm, and Abraham, and 9-11 and Watergate, and look, Warren G. Harding was no prize, ditto to Franklin Pierce and others. We've had villains in the White House before, and we'll have them again. So by all means, let's not lose the laughter, the light, the great optimism that fuels us. We survive, we will meet this challenge, and whatever happens. I'll tell you something, podcasts will keep going. There's so many of them, you can't do it. Try. <laughs> Try to get rid of them. Oh, they're out there, and uh, I'm happy to have have this program. And um, listen, we're going to be doing some shows too. And I, I come out together. I don't know what else to say. Uh, let's all be in the room together and, and try to process things. Uh, so if you're in New York City or planning to on November 23rd, Wednesday, that's a party night. Night before, you have to have awkward times with the family, and now p- potentially dangerous time. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But um, come out and see us. We're going to have a great show back at the Slipper Room on the Lower East Side with Shalewa Sharp is going to be on the program. Kyle Ayers, Michael Kupperman. Oh, my. Uh, music by Glockabell. That's going to be a wonderful show. We'll have some other surprises along the way. Tickets and information are up at um, uh, uh, Dale Radio. Uh, dot com, all the information on the website there. So, yes, at 8 o'clock at the Slipper Room on the 23rd. I hope that you can join us and uh, we find the, the means to laugh again. Um, this week on the program, we try to fight off the doom and gloom the only way that we know how with a wonderful conversation with a very talented person, Marie Faustin, uh, or Faustin as uh, uh, I, I prefer, but she said Faustin is fine, so I'll say that. Someone who I think represents the bright future uh, in entertainment, I, I do. Uh, I'll confess I had a very different beginning to this conversation planned. <laughs> Thought it was going to go a little different, but lots of things are different. Now, Marie is a gifted comedian and YouTube star and radio host who I enjoyed speaking with immensely. Uh, there's still th- good things left in the world. I find them often in the deep night. So let's go there now and listen to my conversation with Marie Faustin. Hi. And welcome to Deep Night. This is, uh, uh, you're doing okay? You know, I think I am, I'm hanging in there. Uh, my voice has left me. Yes. I'm wearing all black. I don't know if you tell I'm in Morning. We should note that this is the day after the election, the presidential election that we're talking, uh, the, this this election week, and uh, I think it's safe to assume that everything that I thought we were going to talk about is uh, being thrown out the window, and uh, at least in terms of this goes, uh, we, we'll talk about you in a little little bit, but uh, you're the first person I'm really seeing and interacting with, and uh, I'm trying to process what's going on, of course, <laughs> I mean... It's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm speechless, really. I don't think that I can help you process this, because I'm also confused. It's, it's, um, I, I feel uh, as if a, a trauma has occurred, is, yeah. is how I feel. And I, I have said often on this program that I know Republicans. Mm-hmm. I have family members who are of that persuasion. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. 
but also I am uh, just deeply troubled that if this was any other person, I would be fine. Almost any other person. They had some real, yeah, uh, you know, some pretty, dim bulbs that were running. They had some pretty uh, bad hombres. <laughs> but I'm okay with balance of power, moving things around, mm-hmm. give the other side a shot. Mm-hmm. Bush was bad. We made it through that. But this guy is uh, really a villain. He's a cartoon character. When I think of Donald Trump, I think that he's like, he's the, his election is like what leads to like the Matrix or I Am Legend or yes. like... I don't know, The Purge. Like He's like the prequel for like all that, yes. in my mind. I expected to wake up this morning, part the curtains, and see just smoldering tire fires yes. and dark clouds yes. and a nuclear power plant out of nowhere pop up and just terrible, just a horrible... It was... I, was, I took a really like somber, like a quiet subway ride into the city today, uh, except for this one homeless guy who's like rapping on his headphones. But like... Everyone was like, it was like we were all going to like a funeral or something. It was like gloomier than usual. And even like the weather is like, oh no, the, Mother the... Nature is like, you guys need some, some clouds. Yes, it is a gloomy <laughs> day indeed here in New York uh, City. And I hope not to just be among the media elite from our humble deep night studios trying to process it. But uh, it's... I'm just not going to watch the news for like four years. That's, but you know what? To be fair, he might get impeached soon. So. <laughs> well, he has a lot of problems. I so know. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. And uh, he burned a lot of bridges. So uh, I'm not sure people – this is true. I went um, uh, to the doctor uh, the other day. I had a checkup mm-hmm. as one of, of my – a person of my age has to do periodically. It was uh, with the doctor you're a little bit nervous about shaking hands with. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, I go in – and uh, I had just read through Facebook, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't have uh, that many people on there that are expressing different views. Partly that's because I've curated it, and so mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm living in a false reality. Right. But I see a old high school friend posting something about how enthusiastic they are for the Republican Party and the ticket specifically. And then I had to go in there, and I, I said hello to Beverly, who's the nurse. She doesn't know I know her name, and that's always weird. But I like to know the nurses' names. Do you do you call them by the names? No. No, I, I, I don't either, <laughs> but I know it, and then it's a weird secret knowledge that I have. But she puts the thing around my arm mm-hmm. to take the blood pressure, and it's just, whew, it's up there. And it was exactly because, I said, yes, I know why. It's it's because of this election, and even the the thought of it happening had had a physical impact on me. And that was before anything happened. Yeah. That was before I even voted. Yeah. Well, I woke up yesterday feeling like he might win. That's how I woke up. Yeah. And then watching the numbers kind of roll in, I was like, ooh. And you know what it is? It's because I did some some man-on-the-street stuff because I do some work with Oxygen. Uh Uh-huh. And they had me go out and try to find New Yorkers who were voting for Trump two weeks ago. And I was like, (laughs) ha-ha. I'm not going to find anybody. Right. Literally, like, I can't think of how many people came up to me, and they were, like, really enthusiastic and eager to talk about why they thought Trump was the best person. to. And it was, like, here, here in New York, here in this great dirty apple. There are people who were, like, and they seemed, like, really nice, sane people, and that was the scariest part to me is you don't know who supported Trump by looking at them. The people that you think are like rational human beings voted for him. And it's not just like backwoods, uh, Alabama and like Mississippi cousin kissing people who voted for him. It's like 
states that were blue turned red last night. A lot of those counties. He did, won did. by a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the popular vote. Not the popular vote, which still doesn't make any sense to me. I just, I don't get it. Like, if more people like somebody else, then isn't that the person who should win? I don't know. Let's ask Al Gore after this. <laughs> right. He's up next. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know, I'm studying to be a healer, and my wife, Galinda, is a, a great spiritual healer, and I'm oh. apprenticing with her and doing what I can, and uh, you know, I sleep on a bed of crystals every night. And uh, I'm wondering if there's anything that, that we can, any light that we can find, because I think we need healing now. I don't know. I don't think that there's any light. Uh, I mean, I think the only light is that he won't take office until January 20th or whatever. That's the only light. We get to spend Christmas with the Obamas and then uh, bring in the new year and then then it's the end of the world. So that's it. That's the other thing. I just can't imagine that transition. He didn't need a. He he had Uh, enough challenges. Melania Trump is first lady now? That's gross. (laughs) It's just gross. It's all gross. <laughs> it's all gross. The gold plating that's going to happen on that building. Ugh. <laughs> oh, gosh. The Trump White House. <laughs> you're going to put his name out there. Yes, he's going to put it on. Like, it's going to be on, like, in the front, like on a gold <laughs> It'll plate. It'll be higher than the White House seal. <laughs> <laughs> when he steps up there, the presidential seal, will probably commission a new song. Oh, gosh. Is there a presidential song? Yeah, the uh, da, 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 the hail to the chief. Oh, what? I think I should have known that. <laughs> well, you probably did. You just uh, didn't think of it as a theme. Yeah, Trump <laughs> is definitely going to remix that. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think uh, Nugent will get in there. And... Yeah, it's, it's going to be terrible. Well, you think we can? You know, we are going to talk about comedy, and we're going to talk about your career. <sighs> we're going to talk about other things, and that's where I'm going to find the light today, Marie. Okay, I will try okay. to help you find that light. Because that's what we have to do, isn't it? We, yeah. we have uh, careers, uh, aspirations. Right. Uh, we uh, live for standing up there and making people laugh. Yeah. And and, and entertaining this great country, no matter who it is. I mean, country's yeah. not that great. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been getting to rethink everything too, but um, let, let's talk about that and trying to find something uh, in this and, and talk about some of the things that that maybe we we have in common aside from uh, sadness, sadness and real uh, doom, a doom and gloom outlook. <laughs> <Doom>. <laughs> yeah, let's find it. All right, because I want to get into uh, how how all, how you do all the things that you do and how okay. you got there. Uh, you're a great comedian and vlogger. Is that the word? I think that's what the kids are calling it, uh, yeah. vlogger. And podcaster and uh, on the radio. Yeah. And you do all those things. And we're just meeting for the first time. And what a way to meet under this, this circumstance. It's so, it's so strange and surreal. Yeah. Um, but I feel like today, I mean, otherwise I would just be home, like, eating and, uh, I don't know, yelling at my mom on the phone. That's basically <laughs> what I'd be doing today. All right. Well, you know, if you feel the need to yell, we can do that, too. But you, uh, speaking of uh, family life, you were born in Long Island. I was. How do you know that? Is that out? Is is that out in, in these streets? You want it not to be out? Well, I guess it's out now. Uh, I gather you're a private person. I, some... I don't like people in my business. Yes. Um, but, What's that uh, about? I just, you know, I so I have this vlog, and it's like a YouTube channel where I share. I post a video once a week about something that happened to me. In this great city of ours, New yes, York, and it's yes. usually something like homeless related or train related or like some random cat call incident on the street. 
uh, because I'm stunning. And so um, yes. I do these videos. There's other things that happen I do the, in these New York. videos. <laughs> yes. And I don't really share much personal information about myself, but people who watch them think, that they actually know me. Yeah, that's the, it's this like superpower that I have that like I'm not actually saying anything, but people are like, I know Marie, I know all about her, but you know they don't know anything about me. Um, so much so that like they'll I bump into like subscribers on like the street or the train or coming out of the gym or like randomly stealing lotion from Dwayne Reed. <laughs> all things that have happened to me. And Little sizes or the big ones? No, like I just I go in and I, like I untwist the top and I use the lotion and don't <laughs> buy it. Right, because I have lotion in my other bag. I just didn't have it at the time, uh, and I was using like the fancy rich people, like sure. cream, like the hand cream, the hand cream, like the Eucerin. Oh, you know what oh I mean, my. like the, the eczema lotion. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you need an emergency. I just didn't, I didn't want to buy a thirteen dollar lotion. I just wanted yes. to use it, and then I was gonna go home and wash my hands anyway. So used it, and somebody was like. Reezy? I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> and she's not like, she's so excited to meet me. And I'm like, whenever I see these people, I'm like, y'all ain't got, like, you don't have anybody else that you, like, admire. And I don't think it's so much that they admire me. I just think that, like, I'm a friend in their head. And, and huh. they see me, like, off of the computer. And they're like, oh, my God, she's real. Right. Well, you must have you you do have an ability to convey uh, your your personality. You're, you you open up, and yeah. you, you it's very easy to relate to you and talk to you. So I would imagine people um, step forward yeah. and, and, and assume that they know you. That's what happens, right? With yeah, but it's weird because when you're like a YouTuber, you're not on television. Yeah. So like, very few people know you, but they react like you are a TV star. So the people that they're with are like, who who is this? Who, you screamed like we just saw Beyonce, but this this ain't be this isn't even Solange. Like why are you yelling? And it's just me. And they're like, oh, they're like they're trying to explain to like their boyfriend or their parents or whoever they're with who I am. And they're the person they're with is always like, uh, oh, oh, you know her from the computer. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> well, but is it a more intimate experience that people are having when they um, watch the things? Is I, that why? You know what it is? Because I'm talking directly to the camera. Yeah. So I think maybe they think I'm talking directly to them. To them. And I end all my videos by saying, call me when you get home. <laughs> so I That's need, the catchphrase? So I know you made it home safe. And they're like, they leave comments and they're like, I made it home. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are so weird. And they're like, I tried to call you, but the line was busy. And I'm like, okay. But it's this thing that I do and they like it. But so. is it uh, the thing where you're nervous about it? In that uh, that you have a, a negative feeling about about uh, saying call me when you get home. They don't have my no phone no no about uh, being that open about about uh, sharing any personal oh, I'm not, information. I'm a very you, you feel uh, unsafe with any of that. I'm a or very no? private person. Uh, I've been told like in real life like I'm not somebody that is very open. Um, I'm I'm a people person in that like I like speaking to people and like I'm really nosy, so I like to know what other people are feeling, what other people have experienced. But I don't like talking about like my like, like things that are personal about myself. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So I do sure. very badly in relationships, but like I'm out here just killing the game. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible girlfriend, awesome comedian. <laughs> well, that's something. I'll tell you, that's a, probably often the case. I think in terms of the relationship piece, it's yeah. difficult to uh, maintain. Well, it's not that. I mean, or I would, balance. I would say. 
Yeah, and then if something funny happened in in a relationship that you I gotta talk in, about it, I'm gonna talk about it because it's hilarious, <laughs> and I'm gonna exaggerate and make the person seem maybe a little bit worse than what they actually are. <laughs> That's right. And you know, it sucks for them, but the material but is the material is so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, uh, do you, is it okay to talk about uh, uh, growing up at all? What was sure. the vibe? Okay, talk about okay. Growing up. Um, what was the what was the vibe at home? Uh, well, my mom and dad are from Haiti, yes. so uh, you know, third world country immigrants. And when did they uh, uh, settle in Long Island? Uh, well, my parents met in Europe because that's where like all like the cool Haitian kids went to like college. So they went to school ah. in Belgium, and that's where they met. That's where my older brother was born. They lived there for a couple years, and then they moved to Brooklyn. And my mom was like, "I can't not have a yard." And my dad was like, oh. Long Island. So that's where they moved. And that's where I was born. That's where I was raised. And um, my mom and dad are very dramatic people. Like my mom is, she's a storyteller and a liar, but really (laughs) a storyteller. So like every time she leaves the house, she'll come home with a story and it'll be something as simple as she went to the store to pick up something that was on sale and they didn't have it. So there was a whole production of getting a rain check. So that's what I get my storytelling skills from. Because when I do stand-up, most of my comedy is in story form. Yes. And I'm exaggerating something that happened to me or to somebody else and turning it into my own tale. So that's, my mom will come home and be like, let me tell you what happened today. And it's like, you went to get milk, they didn't have it, you got something else, and you came back. Like, that's what happened. (laughs) But it's like a a two-hour story, and you're like, you were literally gone for seven minutes. Like, that's <laughs> my mom. And she's, I'm most like my mom. I'm yeah. shaped like my dad, but I'm most like my mom. So I, I don't have any hips or anything like that. But my mom is a really dramatic person. She's really loud. Um, she speaks English fine, but when it's not convenient to her, she pretends she doesn't speak English. <laughs> that's a useful skill. She'll just speak French or Creole. And then we actually went to Paris two years ago, and she was speaking only English. So she's terrible. But... <laughs> My friends love her because she gives them stuff. She gives them food. She, when they come to her house, she gives them something to leave with so they don't leave empty-handed, always. Right. Well, uh, I want to come back to the food, but with the storytelling thing, do you find yourself also going through the day noting these small uh, occurrences, things that were incursions into your how you thought the day was going to go? No, but you know what? I do a lot of things for the story. Like, I'll if I don't leave my house... I know that I'm not going to have a story at the end of the day. Ah, so when yeah. people invite me to do things that I know I'm going to hate, I'll go do it because yeah. I know there's a story in there somewhere. Or if like some random man gets on the train and he's like yelling at the top of his lungs, I will pause my music and remove my headphones because <laughs> I'm like, yes. he's going to say something stupid today. <laughs> right, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll make really intense eye contact with him and he'll usually say something to me. Um, because my face is very open, yes, very expressive. This is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so I like That's I have, have to, to leave seal my house. it up. Yeah, but yeah. I have to leave my house for the story, uh-huh. and I welcome all of that. Well, I, one of the stories that you told, I think maybe on the moth, was uh, about food. Yes. And uh, I gather there was a lot of food in the house, and it was something that I related to um, only in that I had a landlady who uh, was from the islands. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. Which one? But always. James, I'm from the islands and all this. and uh, She sounds Jamaican. <laughs> and she called me James, which was very confusing. <laughs> so I guess her son's name was that. But um, uh, <laughs> we lived, she would uh, bring all, uh, she would, pa- there's a packing 
of the food yeah. was very specific. Yeah. And you talked about that. And it was like a, a styrofoam plate usually, uh, uh-huh. chicken, right. uh, rice, and then covered with foil, maybe a paper towel in there somehow, and, <laughs> and scotch tape. To yes, keep. Yes, she, yes, she, yes. she was only taking it one one, one floor. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what she thought was. I mean, what what is that impulse? Well, you can't waste good food, and I think that like as like somebody who has family from the Caribbean, and I go to a lot of like West Indian cookouts, and the food is always better than like any other barbecue you'll ever go to. But you don't want to waste that food. You want to drop the chicken because then you got to go back downstairs and get more chicken. Uh, the gravy might fall off the rice. It's it's <laughs> a, a skill. Real it's a skill. You know what I mean. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever been to like a West Indian barbecue or a West West Indian party where there was food, but the to go oh. plate is very important. Very important. You got to keep it sealed up. It's a paper plate with food on it, and then another plate on top, wrapped in foil, then tape, then plastic bag, then like in like a <laughs> like a nuclear code box. It's like a pelican case, like that. Because <laughs> right. the food is good, and you don't want it to, you know, fall on the floor. Oh no, I would. I don't want to waste a, a, a grain <laughs> of that good rice. That rice is seasoned for like days. <laughs> she also would uh, bring us uh, a shand- shandies, some kind of uh, soda? Uh, some kind of. It was like a sorrel flavored beer oh, soda. Oh, oh, I don't know about the. Beer yeah, soda, but yeah. I like sorrel. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, it was okay. It was very much a red. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was mostly it's dry dye. hibiscus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one of those natural flavors uh, <laughs> kind of thing. But out, out on Long Island, were you coming into the city a lot? Were you allowed to do that? I was. I um I used to I used to summer in Brooklyn because I have cousins <laughs> that live in Flatbush. Oh, okay. So we would. I was here every weekend. Because my mom has a her younger sister lives in Flatbush, and they speak on the phone every day about going to the supermarket and what soaps are on sale. That's what they talk every day till this to this day. If I'm on the phone with my mom, she'll be like, oh, "Suzette's calling me. I gotta go." I'm like, "I know you just spoke to her. Like, I know you were just on the phone with her." But they speak every day, and we would see them every weekend, and then we would spend the summers with my cousin in Flatbush. So. I was in. I basically grew up in Brooklyn. And were you seeing things though? Were you uh, aware of uh, comedy stuff? Were you even thinking about that uh, kind of thing? I was aware that my mom was not trying to buy us train tickets, and we'd get on the train, we'd get on the Long Island Railroad, and the conductor would be like, "How old are these kids?" And she'd be like, "She's four, because I have an older brother and a younger sister. She's four. He's three. Like she would lie about how old we were, and I'd be like, "But I'm six. And she was like. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Because she didn't want to buy us train tickets. And um, I remember one time we got on the train and the conductor was like, you have to pay for at least two of these kids. And my mom was like, I don't have any money. Like that's, She just was like, nope, don't have any money for them. And she did, but she just didn't want to pay for us because she was like, we're not even taking up that many seats she was like they can they can sit in one seat like that's how small we'll just stack them stack them like jenga blocks (laughs) i'll put one in the luggage carrier and and (laughs) i remember i guess now i was a little bit i'm a little bit embarrassed about it but at the time it was like why is she doing this like just pay it's like and this is back when like the mta was like three dollars i don't know i don't know how much it costs now it's like thirty dollars to get into the city but um she just didn't want to pay it but was money an issue? Was that something going on? Uh, 
I guess. I mean, my mom and dad are from a third world country, so everything here is kind of lavish to them. But my mom, ooh, I almost said my mom hates this country, but she does. She, <laughs> she's not a citizen, refuses to get her citizenship because she wants to go back to Haiti. That's her end goal when she like retires. And is that uh, conceivable? That's a, that's a, that's the plan. She has family there. She still yeah. still has like brothers and sisters. She's got like a bunch of like nieces and nephews that live down there, and they call her all the time because she sends them money. So they love my mom. They love her. And my dad is like, "You want to go back to to where? To Haiti? No." My dad's like, "I got Wi-Fi here. I'm not going <laughs> back down there." He's got his gear. He up. refuses. He's not going back. So I guess they're getting a divorce. But <laughs> they live together now, and they're like making it work. And she wants to go back to Haiti. You know, retirement can be nice apart. they're just messy they're just messy Haitian people but my mom is happy and she didn't pay for us to get on the train (laughs) she's got something figured out (laughs) we were like 12 and she was like she's 4 she's 4 years old (laughs) (laughs) I like that image a lot Um, and I heard you say something about being a good Christian kid were you it was the the church to play a role my uh, so my mom and dad are like super Christian and they were really strict growing up. And my uh, grandpa is a pastor. My dad was a pastor for a while. But like like one of those like floating ministers that like he didn't have a church. He would go to church with us every Sunday. And then if somebody was like, Pastor Samuel, would you like to come all the way to Brooklyn to preach for seven hours? Because Haitian church is really long. It's like you're in church from like before Jesus dies to after he comes back. Like you're in church... <laughs> all day and so my dad would go to these churches we would never go with him because my mom was like i'm not sitting in church that long my mom wants to be like in and out but did you ever see him i did we went we went on vacation to florida a couple years ago well like when we were kids uh because i'm not that old (laughs) and (laughs) yes my dad preached in this like super mega church and he was in the pulpit for hours it was like dude we get it god is good all the time all the time god is good it was like that's, we were eating snacks, like we were eating like cookies and milk. My dad was talking forever. Was he? Uh, my grandfather had a similar thing. He was a kind of. I mean, he had a church, uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh. Then uh, oh. uh, would work for the Presbyterian Church. But he was later in life kind of a guest, uh, yeah, yeah. preacher, guest minister, yeah, and always well regarded for his ability to speak. Mm-hmm. And, his, and I have all his sermon books everywhere. Oh, you do writing and uh, rewriting, yeah, and yeah, passages yeah. and all this, and it, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I don't uh, recall too many of the sermons um, vividly in yeah, my mind I mean, at all. I don't all. remember anything that my dad said. Yeah, but but you, you got the sense that he was talented at it. Oh, they loved him. Was there a performative aspect to that that appealed to you? Well, I think that's when, that's when my dad would be on. Right, like my mom was. My mom is always on. She's always performing. Yeah, always. My dad is a little more subdued, a little more laid back. But when he gets that little suit on, girl, my dad is. <laughs> He's like talking, and they're like, "Yeah, Sam." What yes! colors? What colors the suit? It's like navy, like dark mm. navy, or like a black suit. Or wait, if he was feeling really like sexy, oh. tan, like a tan. Oh. Remember when Obama wore that beige suit and people lost oh. their minds? That was my dad in beige, <laughs> a cream suit with the thick tie. <laughs> I was not expecting tan to be the thing that followed sexy. Oh, my God. A sexy Marvin Gaye suit. It was uh. like 
Oh. Yes. Oh, I think Obama burned his. <laughs> and that was such a disaster, the summer suit. Yeah, people were really upset about that. Yeah. And he, he, one of the interviews I read with him, he talked about how he only has blue and gray and black, basically. Like, there's only so many choices because he doesn't want to have to decide about that. So there's a blue shirt, a white shirt, a blue shirt, a right, white shirt. Right, right. Like Homer Simpson's closet or something. Yes, yes, yes. And the Doug Funny <laughs> episode. Very, very um, uh, strict about that. So that was a way outside his comfort zone. <laughs> I don't know, maybe People the, lost their the mother-in-law minds. bought it for him or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was a gift from the kids. <laughs> Right, Dad. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do though, uh, and I don't. Maybe it's um, something I'm going to revisit as as this selection <laughs> takes its toll. But um, I miss the church a little bit. Do I you? miss uh, this the the smell of it, the uh, routine of it, the the wooden pews, the songs that I don't know the words to, but everybody else seems to everybody miraculously has know. them all memorized. And they're like, "Did you guys do a rehearsal before I got here?" <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, uh, and I don't know about it. I, maybe I'll go back. Yeah. See, I if I go visit my mom on Long Island um, on a weekend, I'll go to church with her on a Sunday. She still goes every Sunday. Yeah. I'll go with her, and they still know all the words of the songs. And I'm like, is it? Am I on the? Am I not on beat? Am I not <laughs> clapping with you guys? Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's she still goes every Sunday, and my dad goes to another church, like like it deeper into Long Island because his sister is now a pastor so she has her own church oh wow so my dad is like the guest co-host yes my dad is like the roots to her Jimmy Fallon <laughs> and uh, he goes and he's there he's gone all day like all day Sunday he's at this church and he comes home with like a giant plate of food because that's the thing that's right. the payoff at the Haitian, <laughs> Haitian church you leave with like a giant plate of food wrapped in foil and taped out <laughs> right you had to bring a cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you, uh, if not the church, were you ever tempted by mystical things? No. Not at all? No. I think that like Haitians kind of get a bad rap with this whole voodoo thing. Oh, I wasn't going there either. No, I just, I just, uh, I'm saying that like that's something that like people think when they think of Haiti. But Haitians right. are really, it, Haitians are really Christian, like religious or Catholic people. Right. Um, and then like there's a small part that like does voodoo and stuff. But I'm not, like, tempted by, like, you know, Ouija boards or, like, Wiccan. Like, I'm not or Christ, sleeping on a bed of crystals. Yeah. I believe that, like, you know, there's good and evil in the world. But I'm not somebody who's like, let's talk about spirits. Yeah. <laughs> no ghosts anything for you. Uh, yeah, no, I've never encountered a ghost. Yeah. I think that, you know, we all have souls. And when we die, they leave our bodies. But I don't think that. They hang out and like open and close like right. slam doors in your house. Well, I had the guy that, that investigated all these haunted places across America, and he never encountered a ghost. Did you go to the Amityville? Well, he house? came. He came close uh, to having something he couldn't explain. There were things he could not explain on that journey, but they had to. I think there was media interference in each case that uh, provides a seed of doubt for me. Um, I like to believe in that kind of a thing, and it, uh, I feel like I have had experiences uh, with the other side. Oh, you have? Uh, well, yeah. You oh. know, he, here and there, things have happened that I cannot explain that involve actual objects moving oh. and uh, through space. Uh, but he offered a compelling case for the, the reason why these ghost stories start and uh, how it has so much to do with architecture and just a sense of unease as the, the way a staircase might be placed oh. and how that develops 
or how there might be. This is a, a, a traumatic spot of American history, and to explain it, uh, ghosts come into the the picture because you can't. Uh, it's the truth is actually harder to talk about. Oh, well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. If I lived in a house with creaky staircase and like every, and I'm this, I'm the type of person that like, <laughs> if I get it in my mind that somebody's in my house, I have to check my house and yes. I can't go to sleep until I check my whole house. Me too. So like I have to get up and I'm checking closets, I'm checking under the bed, and I'm like, whew, okay, there's nobody in here. And then I close the door and I can go to sleep. The shower curtain. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, my, I, I have a clear shower yeah, curtain. For that reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when did comedy find you or you it? Comedy? Yeah. Found me in high school. High school. I had a guidance counselor, Miss Bogan. Hey, girl. And she was always like, you're so funny, you should be a comedian. Well, that's and a nice I was thing like, to say. Yeah, I was like, girl, I can't get no scholarship for this. <laughs> you dumb. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I said that my parents were really strict. So every weekend I was home, like, doing something terrible. and um, Or, like, nothing because we weren't allowed to, like, go out and hang out with our friends. What was terrible? We weren't allowed to go out and hang out with our friends. It yeah. was, like, chores in the house oh, and oh, I see. grocery shopping with the family oh, in the station wagon boring uh, it was boring and then church on sunday not getting into trouble yeah and then washing my hair all day saturday like that was <laughs> what all my weekends were so yeah. when people were like what did you do this weekend i had to think of something so i would make up these like elaborate stories and i would lie and people were like wow you had a great weekend and i was lying to them and that's kind of when i started doing stand-up but i would lie to my guidance counselor about my weekend <laughs> And so, she was like, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. A little parental influence. Well, I mean, there, I get it they, from my mama. Yeah. Well, and your father, it well, sounds like. Yeah, well, he, yes. He likes the spotlight and turns he, it on. He does. Don't put him in a tan suit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I would um, I would tell my goddess counselor what, what happened that weekend. And yeah. she would call. She would pull me out of class. And they would lock the guidance office doors. And I would perform for all the secretaries and the, the principal and the vice principal of my school. And I didn't even realize I was doing stand-up. I was just telling these like weird stories. And they were like, <laughs> um, it didn't get me any extra scholarships. But right. uh, but that's an incredibly supportive uh, uh, staff. <laughs> I know. I know. I was really smart, too, to in high school. To even suggest a comedian, though. I mean, I remember getting, in my day, <laughs> it was a printout uh... on a daisy wheel printer. Thing. I don't even know what that is. A you don't daisy, know what a daisy wheel? wheel printer. Uh, you know the the like a dot matrix printer. Do you know what that was? It has the perforated holes on the I'm side. Not, I'm not that old. I, I know. I nobody's as old as I am. But um, in the nineties, these things, uh, these things were ancient, and oh. it just looked like an. Just imagine an old timey computer. It doesn't matter what the. So a giant, loud, you know, slow moving computer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you, you'd enter your preferences of uh, of I don't know what, but then the guidance counselor would print out the careers, your possible careers, oh. and you'd have a list. Of seemingly random things. Really? I remember astronaut was on there. Oh, that's cool. Or, uh, it cool, but it's a little uh, okay. Oh, you <laughs> oh. didn't want to go to Area Fifty One? <laughs> I, <used, laughs> I would have gone. I would have gone there. I don't know if that's the first place you go to as astronaut training. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like if you were going to go to space, right. Right. Gonna learn go, right? from the aliens. <laughs> um, and oh, and also some very just lame suggestions, like of, banker. Uh, 
Yes, yes. Yeah. A certified public accountant. Those kind of like, well, this is inspiring. But nobody, what well, my point is, nobody said, oh, you could be a comedian. That wasn't a career. Yeah. Well, she said that to me. And then uh, I was like, girl, bah. So I went to college for something else and changed my major like six times. And, but everyone I encountered, like everywhere I went was like, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. I was in Cancun. They were like, ah, do so hilarious. I don't know how to say you so funny in yeah, Spanish. No, I think that uh, was it. <laughs> do so hilarious, so. Do so. <laughs> <laughs> as hilarious. Uh, but everywhere I went, people would say I was funny. I should be a comic. And I was like, I'm also gorgeous. So I could so maybe I could be a model. On that. Yeah. Or I'm yes. also really smart. I could be an engineer. I didn't want to be that. But finally, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on stage before I turn 30. Yeah. That's what I said. And then I was like, Let's just do it today. So the first time I got on stage was on my birthday, like four years ago. And it was great. Yeah. That's how I celebrated my birthday. I was on stage and I had like I invited a bunch of my friends and like my siblings came and it was like, I'm so funny, I should be a comedian. And yes. then I got on stage like once a week for like a year. No, once a month for like a year after that. And people would ask me what I did and I would not say I was a comedian because I didn't think that I was. And my older brother was like, Listen, if you're doing it, you have to say that that's what you are because you are. Yeah. And I was like, when did you get so smart? Because he's, he's dumb. <laughs> but uh, he would come to all of my shows. Every time I got on stage, my brother and was at a they show. They were open mics or what were they? They were mics, but yeah. he was at all of them. Like, he was like, yeah, she's so funny. That's pretty good. Uh, and that was I, the first one you killed? It was so. I mean, was doesn't there? everybody kill on their first, their I first gather, time on stage? because they stack the deck. And it's all your friends thinking, oh, <laughs> well, this Well, you're fantastic. doing a bringer show, right? You bring like. 12 people and everyone's there to see somebody do comedy for the first time and I was probably the greatest person in the world that day <laughs> yes um, you and got the bug I was it was good it was awesome and I was on I did some contests and I won I was um on Good Morning America or the Today Show or something and I did 60 60 minutes 60 seconds 60 minutes yeah. 60 seconds of comedy and I won because everybody was terrible. And 60 seconds of comedy 60 to win? seconds. I had a minute. Was it one joke? It was like, what are you doing? It was like two quick, like, stupid jokes. And they were like, she's so funny! <laughs> I can barely me. say hello in 60 seconds. Right? I mean, now I couldn't do it, I don't think. Because everything is so long-winded. I talk too much. I'm sorry. Um, so I don't know if I could do 60 seconds of anything now. <laughs> yeah. But I won. And then I moved to L.A. Because I was like, I'm going to be a star. And then I was like, nah. I got to come back to New York. Yeah, well, uh, talk about uh, L.A. a little bit more because uh, I was out there, too, for a bit. Um, and I call my lost years doing <laughs> things and spending money at UCB to learn how to say yes. But um, uh, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> yes, and. Yes, yes and. That's <laughs> <sighs> a lot of, it's, you know. It's three, expensive. Three grand later. Oh, that's good. And then they say, oh, well, you know what the great thing about uh, this is that all the rules we taught you, you can just break them. Yeah, I did one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I paid for one UCB level, and then I was like, "Y'all got scholarships?" And then I got like two scholarships for being like young and black and poor. And a female to be a young, oh, poor yes. black female. You're an ideal candidate for a scholarship. Yeah, to a comedy a thing. A lot <laughs> of straight white dudes at UCB. Yes. With the same face. The same face. Yes, and. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm worried it's my face. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Could lose a few and let the beard go. <laughs> Glasses. Uh, yeah. It's, um, well, I, I think, you know, 
I don't need to defend UCB. I had a good, uh, uh, what, good I ha- what I took from there, nah, I wouldn't say I had a good time there, but I met so many great people, and the access to that network uh, is not unlike a graduate program or something where, right. yes, is it too, too expensive for what it is? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Um, do I love that form? Not exactly. Right. But I love the people that I met through there. Yeah. And uh, I, I have a certain it, it provided a little access when I uh, wanted to start this program and talk to people. Oh, okay. So, because you can say, "Well, I trained at UCB," and people are like, "Wow, <laughs> yes, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, and that's great." Yes, yeah. but LA was tough. LA was tough for me because I moved out there and didn't know anybody. And but what was the idea? You were going to do comedy? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to go out there with my Get guitar a on a bus. Uh, I didn't. I don't have a guitar, and I did not <laughs> take the bus, but. I just I had been thinking about LA for so long. Yeah. And when I get something in my head, I hate repeating myself. Yeah. And I was like, I'm young. I don't have a man. I mean, I had a boyfriend, but I was like, I don't have I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Now is the time to go. Right. So I went and I was in a long distance relationship because of that because I was like and I said this to him. That's probably why he hates me. I was like, uh, there's nothing keeping me in New York. I'm just going to go to LA. And he was like, oh, there's nothing keeping you in New York and I was like no <laughs> and I left and we were a long distance for like a year and a half that helps things along doesn't it yeah when I moved back we broke up yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it that how that works but uh, did you get some traction were you going on auditions and things I didn't have a car when I was in LA because I was like I'm from New York I don't need a car yeah. and I took the bus everywhere for two years and it was terrible oh my but gosh. I did go on some auditions and I did meet some people here I mean, there that I I now know here. I don't know. It was weird, um, but I I met some really cool people while I was out there, um, and ultimately learned that I had a bunch of things at my disposal here that I was wasting, and that's what I got out of L.A. I was like, oh, I have access to all this stuff and more in New York, and I wasn't using it to my advantage. Like right. I can get on stage in New York three four times a night. And I know so many people here that, like, I would get on stage every time I came back to New York every other month. So I was like, why am I in L.A., like, trying to kill myself? Like, I need to just go back to New York where it's, like, it makes more sense to start here and, like, build here. And then L.A. is big on credits. Yeah. What have you done? Where have we seen Where have we seen you? Why should we put you up? And right. New York is like, oh, you're funny. Come do my show. Come on. Come on, do this one, do this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you had a base of support to, to draw on here, and you're not. Um, yeah. You're not um, starting over. Everybody's new all of a sudden when you get there, even yeah. though you've had experience. Yeah. That doesn't count for it. Does somehow it dissolves in the Mississippi as yeah. you cross. Yeah, at LA it was just it was just a weird environment. Everyone in LA was very like alt. Like they were very different. To, like they're in their minds, they're all very different, but they were all doing the same exact thing. And I got on stage, and I was actually different. And they were like, "Who the hell is you?" Like that was my LA experience in a nutshell. Well, we're glad you're back. <laughs> I'm happy here. I'm yeah. really happy here. I am too, and I I found it uh, even though it took a little time to get things going. Yeah, it didn't take as much time to get things going here. Yeah, and uh, the the I'm fond of. And I have great relationship with people in L.A. And when I go to L.A., we do a show. It's fantastic. Yeah. San Francisco, great. But um, How long were you in L.A.? Oh, almost five years. Ah, that's too damn long. <laughs> I did two years, and then I was like, ah, that's it. Yeah. 
my lease went, my lease expired, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm free. <laughs> I'm on probation now. And I left. Get out. <laughs> get on the super shuttle and get down to LAX. Yes. Or Burbank, if you're so fortunate. <laughs> uh, now you, uh, so when does the vlog enter into this? You did com- start comedy four years ago. Yeah. The vlog starts. Oh, you know what? I guess the vlog, because this is what happened. I started this vlog so I could talk to people about, like, my hair. I was like, let me walk you through. Because yeah. I don't know if you know this, but there's, like, a huge natural hair community on YouTube. I do know this. I've always wanted to uh, start a bald spot video series. <laughs> you but, could uh, do it. People will watch it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't but. had any traction yet with YouTube. But uh, <coughs> it is it is a thing. It is. It's a thing. And people have, like, millions of people watching their, these videos. But um, natural hair is race-specific or no? Well, in my mind, it's race-specific. When I think of natural hair, I think of, like, black women wearing their hair and their, it's natural texture. Right. So but it can't be anything else is what I'm asking. I mean. No. There, there's I'm not, just going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> no. When we talk like about a, natural hair. a white hair, girl uh, who straightens her hair <laughs> right. and then stops, is her hair not natural to me. It's still bleach blonde. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's platinum. And she's like, well, you know, I put a keratin treatment in it. But, like, I'm now I'm natural. No. That's, right. No. That's just like Ashley with two E's loving her hair in its frizzy state. Yeah. Nope, she don't count. Uh, it is. It's race specific to it me. Is. And it's, it's, it's uh, black women and their hair and talking yes. about how to uh, deal with it, grow yeah. it, love how it, to, uh, like, anything else. How to like stimulate hair growth and like wash it in sections so it's not one tangled crazy mess. I have to wash my hair in four different sections. Oh. Like, I can't just wet it and wash it like this, because then it's, like, all tangled up. Always the same sections? Just four sections. You have to make sure you two divide it. Two in the front, it, two see. in the back. Um, and it still takes me, like, six years to wash it and dry it. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's growing. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's I started this channel to talk about hair. Yes. And people were like, you're so funny. <laughs> you should be a comedian. And I was like, but what about my scalp? Nobody cared about my hair. <laughs> Nobody cared. So I started doing these vlogs just to kind of like, you know, because I had seen vlogs on YouTube before. Yeah. And I'm still telling stories about my weekend to people, but I'm, now I'm doing it on camera. Well, that was so great about the ones that I've watched uh, are that you use it as a almost a writing process. Yeah, that's to, how I write to, my jokes. To Not unlike, not to always bring it back to your mother, but not unlike your mom coming home and yeah. uh, telling a story and maybe it doesn't, it's not got the structure of right. uh, what you do on stage. Right. But um, you would tell these stories about whatever happens and you can see you f- putting words together yeah. uh, in a very improvisational way. And, and sometimes I take those videos and I and I bring them onto the stage. Like I tell those yeah. same stories on stage. Like because I'm not a writer. Like I don't write my jokes out on paper. I I think I'm funny conversationally. Yeah. So I'll do the video and then I'll hear what it sounds like and I'll read the comments and be like, mm, okay, that's going in the set. Yeah. <laughs> that's going on stage. That's going on the road. And that's then, how I write my jokes now. And you refine it as you uh, with the audience. Oh yeah. Every time I tell a story um, on stage, I, something gets changed because in my mind, the funniest stuff that I say or the stuff that gets the biggest reaction is the stuff that I make up while I'm standing on stage. Yeah. So I'm really loose. I, I don't like anything that sounds too memorized or too rehearsed because like, my favorite types of comedians are the ones who sound like they're making it up as they go, which is why I love Dave Chappelle so much because he always seems like he's just making it up while he's standing there and talking to us. Right. It's a real skill. It's great. I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, are there peers in that vlogging world that are doing similar kinds of things? People that I know who are doing the same thing? Yeah, people that you look to or people that you are kind of in the same group with? Mm, no. 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 I think that the vlogging thing is like the beginning of the podcast thing also because people, like you're just rambling for like however long you can about a particular topic and sometimes you like you veer off into something else and that's basically what a podcast is. I have a lot of friends with podcasts because yeah. everybody- Are there too many? Yes. There's too many, aren't <laughs> it's there? It's too many. <laughs> Everybody's got a garage band on their uh, MacBook Pro. Oh my Pro. gosh, I know. I mean, it's been uh, seven years or something of doing this, and uh, I, yeah, it's a seven lot. Seven years, yeah. Yeah. But you've been doing it for like a long time. I have. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had some of the great uh, conversations just this season, too. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So, I've seen some of them. I like. I was browsing on the uh, website. I was like, look at him getting all this work. Look at all these. <laughs> look at all these names. Look at all these names on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then, I, of course, I was researching some of your appearances and all that. And I said, well, there's a, you find a new podcast and find out they've talked to every, <laughs> all the same people. You know, oh, my gosh, there's a whole list. Of, <laughs> what, are we all covering the same thing? Yes. Just make one mega cast. <laughs> Uh, YouTube is, uh, I find it a little difficult to watch, though. YouTube videos? Well, just the format of it. I don't, I I wish that it looked more like Netflix or that it, because sometimes I'll be watching something and the suggestion that's next is, how would you like to learn about the first Jedi? That doesn't relate to my interest in the natural hair community. (laughs) (laughs) Or does it? I mean, what do you think they were hiding underneath those, uh... (laughs) Helmets. <laughs> They're deep conditioning their scalps underneath those helmets. It's all black women. Uh, <laughs> all yeah, Je- all I, Jedis are black women. Yeah, they are. Well, all black. black women are Jedis. We should say yes. that. Yes, 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 yes. 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 <laughs> I don't even know what a Jedi is. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, uh, is there a show that you would watch no matter what, any format? A show that I would watch, like a specific television show? Oh yeah, is there something on on um, YouTube that you is there a channel that you're like, yay, a new thing has come on? Mm, I don't watch <laughs> a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah, okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what everybody else is doing on the same thing that I'm doing. I'm like, nah, I'm the only one who uses YouTube. <laughs> but is there a show that you just can duck into any time and relax? Uh, you know what I really like right now is Insecure on HBO. I, oh, that's like my favorite show right now. Issa Issa. Issa Rae. Issa Rae, yeah. Issa Rae. Ah, so good. And she started on YouTube. Yeah, so she might be a model for you. Yeah, she's freaking great. Yeah, I need to check that out. You do. Right now, everything for me is on demand uh, because my my wife, Galinda, prefers some ambient music and some of her bootleg Indigo Girls uh, (laughs) uh, cassettes. But as soon as she goes to bed at nine, boy, I put on the Westworld and the the championship baking uh, shows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like if I can't stream it, I don't want to watch it. Like when somebody tells me, somebody was like, oh, you need to watch Atlanta. It's so good. I'm like, oh, is that on Netflix? They're like, no, it's on FX. And I was like, FX? Like I got to get a TV and then get cable and then I can watch this? No. You need some rabbit ears. <laughs> oh, come, yeah, right? A big, big butt TV. Like I can't. But, you know, the TV with the big, the big the t- back. The tubes. The big, yeah. big butt TV. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. Off, they're often on the sidewalk. I'm still. People are still putting them out. I'm like, you had this in 2016, this old TV with the antenna on it. 
Oh, man. Well, uh, back to the podcast for a second. You have two, one podcast? I have a podcast. It's called The Unofficial Expert, and Unofficial I host Expert. it with another comedian, Sydney Washington. Who is a bit of a comedy partner for you? She's my, uh, yeah, we're a comedy duo, um, but we're not like a package deal. We don't perform together. Yeah. We have a monthly show together on the second Saturday of every month. So this Saturday, I don't know when this is going to air, but. Yeah, this will go up uh, tomorrow. Oh, so Saturday the 12th um, at Karma Lounge at like 8 p.m. And That's so. all comics? It's all comics yep. that we think are funny. Uh-huh. So like people are like, I want to do your show sometime. And I'm like, but you're not funny. <laughs> so you can't do it. It's weird the, the asking to be on the show. is you know, never. Good... I don't ask to do shows. No. But people are really bold. And I find yeah. the people who ask the most are the ones that should not be asking. <laughs> they should just not. Yes. <laughs> yes, I've encountered that. Yes. Myself. Yeah. So as a duo, our name is S&M uh, because it's Sydney and Marie, not anything sexual. But people are like, oh, my God, kinky sex stuff. And I'm like, no, it's just Sydney and Marie. We're, but, but also. We're too lazy to say you, our whole names. You're aware of the illusion, too. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah. know. I know. <laughs> It's like clickbaity. Yes, yes. It's like, oh. I want to be clickbaity. I got to get some of that. You got to change your name. I'd even settle for Ned Beatty at this point. <laughs> you got to uh. change your name. But yeah, so we um, we started this podcast because Sydney wanted to start a podcast like two years ago when I met her. And I was like, no, everybody has a podcast. Yeah. And she was like, you're right. People should see us. So we started this like little web series like on my YouTube channel called S&M. And we talk about stuff like a podcast on camera. Uh, but the podcast thing happened because this website, Comedy Hype, reached out to us. And they were like, we want to produce a podcast for you guys. And I was like, as long as we don't have to pay for anything, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the uh, ideal mm-hmm. situation, that's for sure. So they sent us what we needed. And our podcast is just, um, it's us talking to people who think that they're experts at something that is not really a skill, Right. Like people, we talked to like a hood expert, this guy from the Bronx who was like, oh, when you go to Orchard Beach, you got to make sure you have on Tim so you don't cut your feet on the, the, whatever's in the sand. And it was like, ah, oh, okay, that's something I didn't know Wait, about what? the hood. Oh, oh, a hood expert a meaning? A hood expert, uh, like, a, uh, like a hood, like a dude from the hood. From, from yes. Yes, he's from the Bronx. And then what you have to watch out for, I only call There's stuff, <laughs> one uh, he's, part of he what wears, you, you got to wear like boots, like uh-huh. Timberland boots when you go Timberland to the beach. Boots. okay. Because yes. you you might cut your foot on something in the sand at the beach. Oh, so he's a big beach person, but he <laughs> wants to wear the he's boots. An orchard beach person, <laughs> which is apparently in the Bronx. Oh, some terrible beach in the Bronx. <laughs> Shout out to the Bronx, full, um, full of glass, and full of glass needles. and like yeah, needles and like dead body, like te- teeth fragments. And we had like a drug expert, this girl who took us through because she's done every drug from like crystal meth to cocaine. And she like tells us how to pass a drug test. So the way the for the <laughs> podcast is set up, we talk to these people who claim that they're experts, and then we give them a little test at the end to test their expertise. And so far, they've all been experts. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a skill that anybody cares about, but it's a really funny podcast. Well, but we have to. Uh... Tune in, yes, and and become experts ourselves. <laughs> uh, well, um, things are going okay for you. Yeah, I'm. I've, I'm happy. Um, Despite everything that's going on. Well, I mean, way to bring the mood back down. Damn. 
where we have to face reality. I know, but I got to get these bills Marie. paid. I know, <laughs> I know. And you, you're you're doing some temping here and there, or no? That's what I was. That's what I started uh, doing when I got back from L.A. Yeah. And because uh, I can't keep a real job, I'm just but, not. But that's good. not. You don't want to. No, I don't. Yes. So. I hate working in an office, and every job I've ever had, I've gotten fired from, or I quit. Yes. And I quit. Like I quit by just like walking out on a Tuesday like you know what I don't think I'm coming back tomorrow and then I won't come back <laughs> no two weeks notice my two weeks notice is like just, four two weeks ago you're just gone <laughs> well the last job I gave two weeks notice to they were like oh if you're not happy today could just be your last day and I was like wow <laughs> yes, wow <laughs> no I needed those two more weeks of working oh, there. that but it is a weird feeling it's it's uh, when you know you're leaving someplace in two weeks those oh yeah, aren't, those aren't exactly a productive two weeks. I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't productive two weeks before I gave my two weeks. <laughs> so who cares? I'm a really just crappy employee, uh, and I was a bartender for a while, like on and off for years. And I'm a crappy bartender. I can't remember how to make anything. And the last bartending job I had, they fired me on my birthday, well, or the day after. So happy birthday to me! Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not in the cards for you. No, I mean, you don't want to keep doing it. You want this other stuff is going to take off. I think it is, and it feels I think like it. every year. Oh, you think it feels like it? I oh, do. thank you. I do. I actually feel like that too. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I feel like something is coming for me, and I am not worried about anything that's happening right now, except for this Melania Trump first lady thing. That's just gross. It's really, really sticking in your just, craw. It's just terrible. <laughs> she gross. Uh, but I uh, I do. I feel like everything out of the that whole, I... Out of the whole thing, she's the one that's she's gross. She's so gross. Her and like the kids uh. and like the baby who wears suits all the time. He's like 10. Let him throw some jeans on. It's just... Richie Rich. <laughs> Richie, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Freaking Macaulay Culkin ass. <laughs> I don't know if I can say ass. This is a podcast, right? I can say that. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think everything that I've been getting in the last couple months of this year yeah. are gonna are leading to something really cool for 2017. So it's it, gonna be well, a good year. It's gotta be better. I mean, it could, 2017 is could gotta... it could be worse. <laughs> but but we have we have to think. At least for, for our careers, let's put it that way. We, the things that we can control, yes. let me put it that way. The things that we can control, we're going to hope for a better time of things. Yeah, no, I'm having a great time. Yeah. And you, you're one people. of these people that kind of quietly plants the things, let's just see how they go, yeah. and then celebrate them yes. when, when they come to fruition. Yes, well, see, I'm not somebody who's big on making announcements Right. every time I do something. Because people are like, well, I didn't know you were on the radio. Oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. Oh, I didn't know that you were uh, happy and had a pre-war apartment in an unlimited Metro card for the month. I do. I'm doing really well. Uh, but That's literally the best you can do in New York. I mean, it's un- unlimited for the month. Okay, I'm doing really well. Yeah. yeah. I have to refill it once a month. <laughs> Every 30 days. And uh, I'm very, um, I share. I'm very selfless with my Metro card swipes. Oh. So if I come off the train and someone was like, Yo, miss, you got to swipe? I'll swipe him in. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> if I see you out there, I'll know you have freshly lotioned hands Listen, from, from some place. Listen, you up hands, my <laughs> vino hands. Always ready with a swipe. 
uh, Marie, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Uh, you made me feel better, at least Did for this I? hour. Did I feel I? better. Yes, yes. Right. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens for you next. When can people hear you on the radio? Uh, I'm on uh, 99.5 FM, which is WBAI, every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. And the name of the show is Tall Tales in the Big City. And it's uh, uh, stories, music? It's stories. I get like... Um, Two two guests every week talking about some crazy New York City experience that they had, um, and it's you know, no. I want the crazy stories. I want somebody to listen to the show and be like, oh my god, only in New York. Those are the stories that I want, right? And those are the ones that I've been sharing. So, and I have no radio experience, but they put me on FM <laughs> in New York for my first ever show, and I've been on the air for like five weeks. Pretty so great. it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Well, continued success, Marie. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Till next time. Bye. There you have it. Faith, food, family, lotions. Marie and I come from different places, but we found a lot of common ground, and I'm so excited for her success and to discover that I am still capable of laughing after all that's happened this week and what's going to uh, come down uh, the road in the future. It's necessary. On a personal note, I uh, send my condolences to the family of a wonderful man who has gone on. James Waller Sr. passed this week, and his family gave me nothing but kindness growing up. I'll finally recall his smile laughter and amusement at uh, this little white kid sitting on his couch watching VHSs of Shaka Zulu or the umpteenth viewing of the Apollo anniversary special on a giant television set. One of those ones that looks like a cabinet, a beautiful piece of furniture. May the good Lord see you through, sir, with deepest respect. And now, though it gets harder to believe each time, although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Till next time, friends, be well. Deep Night is written and performed by James Bewley with production assistance from Harvest Works in New York City. Music throughout each episode is provided by the amazing talents on the artistic roster of Howler Hills Farm in the great state of Ohio. Deep Night theme by Zach Gabbard, season nine podcast icon and logo designed by Samantha Mash. Download episodes directly through daleradio.com or subscribe and review the show on iTunes. Also available on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Follow Dale on Twitter at Dale Radio or Instagram at Dale Seaver for behind-the-scenes peeks into the production of the show and the life of Dale Seaver. Thank you to all the subscribers and supporters of this program, and thanks to you for listening. <laughs>